Uh, welcome everybody, it's uh, so good to see you and we're going to continue our campaign about followers who practice the ways of Jesus. You know, all of us, uh, we're either being conformed, shaped by the values and the systems uh, uh, in the world in which we live, or we're transforming culture. We're making a difference to the world we inhabit. My wife and I, we've moved house quite a number of times in our lives. And um, one of the things we've learned about when you're uh, selling a house, it's a good idea to decorate with neutral colours. The idea is, is that people can come in, they can picture themselves and their furnishings in your home and they know they could live there. So that's quite a good idea to have neutral colours uh, when you're selling a house. But it's not a great way to live. If you try to put your car in neutral, you're going to go nowhere fast. You can't go backwards or forwards when you're in neutral. The Latin root of the word neutral means to be in the middle ground. Some years ago, I remember reading an article, it was a, a report on the synod of the Church of England, and the journalist said that the synod had firmly nailed their colours to the fence. Now, what does the Bible say about being neutral? Uh, that's not a great way to live. Jesus wants us to choose, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will follow Jesus. When I was baptised, I remember then, some of you would have had the same experience, when I was baptised and came up out of the water, the whole congregation began to sing this song, follow, follow, I will follow Jesus. And I've tried, not always successfully, but I've tried to be a follower of Jesus. Think of a chameleon. A chameleon changes its colours to blend in. But you know, God doesn't call us to blend in. He calls us to be followers of him. Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, he said, Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory. And, in, and so we're called to stand up and stand out for Jesus. It's clear God uh, disapproves of living a, a neutral life. That's why Jesus said to the church at Laodicea, he says, I would rather that you were hot or you were cold, but because you're lukewarm, you're just middle ground, you're nailing your colours to the fence, you're either for me or against me. You know, the truth is that life is a cycle. Uh, it has a revolving cycle. Every life is the same. We are born. My sixth grandchild is going to be born in five weeks' time and we're awaiting the birth of that little precious life with great joy. So we're born. We grow. We mature, hopefully. But then we decline. It's not a very happy thought, but that's the truth of it. 
I recently celebrated my 64th birthday and a friend wrote to me a birthday card and he put a scripture reference, Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and verse 3. And I didn't know what that was, so I went to it. This is what it said. At that time, your arms will lose strength your legs will become weak and bent, your teeth will fall out, you'll not be able to chew your food, your eyes will not see clearly, you will become hard of hearing. Well, what a blessing uh, that verse of scripture was, and uh, only friends can say those kind of things to you. But you know, he's making a, Ecclesiastes is making a, an important point, life isn't promised forever. In Psalm 39, it says, Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and that my life is fleeing away. My life is no longer than the width of my hand. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is but a breath. You know, as I grow older, I think more and more, Lord, I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave something of value behind me. And I wondered if we could just think about this as we're following Jesus. What are the values that are really important? And I've got five of them this morning uh, for you. And uh, these are values that I've tried to live my life by. I want to just share them with you. The first one is live with integrity. Jesus said, I am the truth. His word could be trusted. For I think it was 30 years, um, they did a survey in the United States of what is the most admired man in America. And you know, incredibly, it wasn't presidents or politicians or athletes, but for 30 years, one of the top most admired men was Billy Graham. What an extraordinary thing. Proverbs 22 says, A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Now, how did Billy Graham get such a good name? Well, let me tell you, it's because of integrity. What is integrity? Well, it's telling the truth. It's keeping your word. It's practicing what you say you believe. It's saying sorry and apologizing when you get it wrong. Proverbs 25 says, Like clouds and wind without rain is a man who boasts of gifts. He does not give. Now, I wonder if you've ever failed to keep a promise. Let me tell you some areas where I know I've failed, and maybe you have too. The kind of excuses we make, well, I'll return it as soon as I'm done with it. I won't tell anyone what you told me. The check is in the mail. I'll be home at 6 p.m. We can play this weekend, son. We'll do it when things settle down. My diet begins tomorrow. Now, is it easy to be a person of integrity? Absolutely not. That's why we need God's help. Proverbs, uh, sorry, Psalm 101 and verse 2 says, I will try to walk a blameless path 
But how I need your help, Lord, especially at home, where I long to act as I should. Why is it so difficult to have integrity at home? Because at home, everybody knows you best. One of my definitions for success in life is having those who know me most respect me most. It's easy to impress people from a distance. You know, the difference between significance and prominence is very important for you to understand in following Jesus. You see, maybe you've been blessed with a very prominent nose. It's not quite the shape that you would like it to be. It's a little bit long, a little bit whatever. And we can worry about that because it's very prominent. But the truth is, although it's prominent or it's probably not half as bad as you think it is, no one else has probably noticed. But although it's prominent, it's not actually that significant. You see, there are many, many more organs in your body that are far more significant than your nose. And when I look around at people, you know, it's possible to impress people from a future, from a distance. But if you really want to influence people, you need to be up close. Living with integrity is so important. I've known as a pastor, you know, sometimes I preach well, sometimes I don't. And you can be impressed with people from a distance, Well, he spoke a great word at a conference, but the people who I think I've been able to influence, it's because we've been up close. We've shared life together. The second thing I want to say is serve with intensity. The Son of Man came to not be served, but to serve and to give his life. Study after study, asking children, what do you want to be? When you grow up, very few say, I want to be a servant. Some years ago, I went to hear an Oxford professor, and his subject was, he was speaking about economics. It's something I've not really understood. He was talking about international economics, and I wanted to get some more insight. And I I went to hear this Oxford professor, and he gave a fascinating lecture, helped me to put some things in place. But just one of the throwaway comments, he said, when he was a young professor, he said he was 40 years ago, he would sit with his Oxford students and he would ask them, what do you want to do with your life? He said many of them would say, I, I want to make a difference in this world. I want to help with equality and justice. I want to help make the world a fairer place. He said, now when I speak to sort of students, he said, all too often, too big a percentages of them say, I want to become rich. I want to become wealthy. You know, if you want to leave a lasting legacy, work for the good of others. Proverbs 14 says you will earn the trust and respect of others if you work for their good. Remember on one occasion the disciples, 
the followers of Jesus then were following him. And Jesus said to them, if anyone wants to be first, he must be very last, the, the servant of all. You know, when I look around LCF, I just think, my goodness, what a wonderful fellowship. I see there's a dream team of people who spend so much of their time serving, blessing others, looking out for one another. And I've seen that so often and it thrills my heart. And more importantly, I'm sure it thrills the heart of God. I want to invite you to join that servant team. If you really are serious about this, live with integrity, but serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. God wants you to look out for others. Maybe you could... um, Maybe you look at your diary and you think, do you know what, Nigel, I could give two hours a week to helping others. Maybe a phone call. Someone just to chat to someone that feels lonely or isolated. A friend of mine came in one of my churches and she said, Nigel, I'm, I'm quite a shy person, but I love to write letters. I don't know if you remember, but in the old days, we used to sit for half an hour and construct a nice letter to somebody, put it in an envelope, put a stamp on it, put it in a letterbox, and three days later, that person would get that letter. Maybe you could write letters, one letter a week to somebody, a letter of encouragement. Just this week, actually, someone wrote to me. It wasn't a long letter, but it was just a a letter that that arrived unsolicited. It it just brought such encouragement and uplift to my heart. I don't know what your skills are, but look for ways to serve others. Maybe you could go to Ian, the administrator here, uh, and just say to him, Ian, I've got two hours. Is there anything I could do to help serve LCF? Because although we're not meeting every Sunday in a gathered way, I think there is more need than ever before to help and support one another. So look for ways to serve. Look for ways to serve. The third thing I want to say is give with generosity. You know, one of the most godlike things you can do is to become a giver. It's a blessing to be able to give. Someone said we make a living by what we get in life, but we make a legacy by what we give in life. Psalm 112 says they share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honour. I don't know what you could give. There are many ways of giving. Time is such a wonderful thing to be able to give time to people. I've shared a little bit on a video that I hope you'll see about a, a thing I'm giving called, uh, starting called Rendezvous. And it's an attempt to say to some people who need support, listen, I can give you time. I can support you. I can walk with you through this journey. 
And time is an invaluable gift to give to people. Maybe you have a talent. A talent. Maybe you're just a great seamstress. You, you love to do that. Yeah. What it would be to say to a, a single parent, listen, if your children ever need any alterations to their clothes or their jeans turning up, I can help you. I would love to do that. Maybe you can cook wonderful meals and you could make a meal for somebody every week and just say, look, Thursdays I'll, I'll drop in a, 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 a meal for you and your children and it, just to be a blessing to you. You see, I've learned this, that it's the little things that make a massive impact for people. And so you can give. And of course we can give of our finances. I tell you, thank God, wonderful way in which you're continuing to give to the ministry of Luton Christian Fellowship. Thank you for that. God will bless you for that. But let's keep giving to the Lord. And if sometimes you have a little extra and you could say, I'll make that available to our social fund so that if there's a family in need, our pastors can give to them as an expression of love to church, to people and individuals in need. Let's give generously. If you want to leave a lasting legacy, then become a generous person. A generous person, Proverbs 11 says, will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. That's the wonderful thing that sometimes as we bless others, God in turn sends a cycle of blessing back to us. So we live with integrity, we serve with intensity, we give with generosity. Now, listen, number four, we can succeed with humility. I think humility is kind of in, I don't know, I think sometimes it's in low supply right now in our public life. There's so many grandiose people. Particularly bothers me when I see it, when I don't see it in the church. I think sometimes I meet leaders who started out as servants but ended up as celebrities. Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to death on the cross. Proverbs 29 says, Arrogance will bring your downfall, but if you are humble, you'll be respected. Humility, Proverbs 15 says, Humility and reverence for the Lord will make you wise and honoured. You know, let's make sure we're constantly giving all of the thanks to God for all that he's done. I want to say the, the final greatest legacy of all is helping someone to know Christ. Introducing somebody to the Lord Jesus. And so I'm saying number five here, share Christ with integrity. You know, right now is one of the easiest times as never before. I don't believe uh, for one moment that God has brought the, this coronavirus. I don't believe that. But I believe he'll use it. And I believe the church is going to grow stronger and fitter during this time 
if we practice this following the ways of Jesus. You know, we need to understand the urgency of introducing people to the Lord Jesus. One of the best things that has ever happened to me in my life was to encounter Jesus as a 15-year-old. And now almost 50 years later, I can testify to the fact that knowing Jesus has just brought a transformation into my life. And it's been just a joy to know that Jesus has been with me throughout my life, helping me. And I know that one day I will see him and be with him forever. You know, I wonder if there's someone that you could send a text to or phone and say, you know, our church is putting online services every Sunday. They're great. The worship is encouraging. There's stories of people that are being helped and transformed in the midst of this crisis. There's a word from our pastors that will bring practical help and encouragement to your life. Uh, Could I send you the link so that you could watch it? Or if they're in your bubble, well, come over and have Sunday brunch with us and we'll watch it together. It lasts for just an hour. I know it'll help you. Maybe there's an invitation. Christmas is coming up. Begin to pray right now. In the next, uh, what is it, six, seven, eight weeks time, we'll be holding some special Christmas events that, that in this time, I think it'll be in the midst of winter. And I think there will, there's a lot of people that are discouraged about life and anxious about the future. And we can share a message of hope. The angel said, be of good cheer, for I bring you good news of great joy that unto you a saviour has been born. His name is Jesus. Might even be that someone watching today that you don't know if you've ever really received Jesus. You've never perhaps met him yet. Do you know there are three simple words to meeting Jesus? that really help you. How do I become a Christian? Well, you say, you say three words. You say, thank you. You say, sorry. You say, help. You say, thank you, God, for loving me. You say, sorry for the wrong decisions, the wrong things I've done in my life. I'm so sorry. And you say, help me, Lord, to follow you. Maybe right now where you are, you could make that prayer. Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. You could say sorry for the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, please forgive me. Thank you that you died on the cross that I might be forgiven. Help me to follow you the rest of my life. Please, Lord, never leave me. You know, if you've prayed that simple prayer, God has began a transforming process in your life. Just receive him now. Perhaps text our pastors, text LCF and say, I've become a Christian. Would you send me a Bible? Would you send me some things that will help me to grow as a Christian life? But as we're following Jesus, I want to ask you these five things. I've applied them to my life. I'm committed to doing it for the next season of my life. 
These five things. Lord, help me to live with integrity. Help me to serve with intensity. Help me to give with generosity. Help me to succeed with humility. And help me to share Christ with urgency. You know, it's been a fantastic privilege to be uh, part of LCF these last couple of years and work with you and so many of you and build new friendships. And I'm sure I'll be back from time to time. Just thrilled that Mike and Becky are here. I know they're God's people right now. And God has got a great plan and future for you as you serve the Lord together. God bless you. Keep praying for me and I'll keep praying for you. And let's go on following Jesus until he comes again. God bless you. Amen.